Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, and once again, this is our fifth podcast today, Saturday, uh, January the 2nd, and uh, as I've promised, I'm going to do 22 audios on covering brand you, covering the inner wealth topics of self-development. The purpose of these audios is not uh, to give you how to so much. It's assuming that you've worked with me for the last uh, period of time and you've got an inkling as to what I'm talking about when I say, for example, the emotional shower. Um, if you're not sure about how to apply or what they are, there's YouTube videos with that label, um, and there's plenty of information on the, on the Inner Wealth blog as well as this podcast. So I'm not trying to uh, create here a course in uh, self-development. What I'm basically saying is that your brand which is what you sell to the market, which is what benefits other people and causes them to deliver to you the things you want because the things you want do come from other people. They come from people who buy your services, people who like your friendship, people who enjoy your company, people who want to be around you, people who want to buy your books, people who want to buy these things. And they don't come from the book. So very often, um, and one of the mistakes I made early on in my career, and I wanted to talk a little bit about this today before I go into the emotional shower, was I wrote a book and I sent it off. And I wrote that book thinking that the book was what I was selling. And the publisher that eventually bought the book, Wiley, and I went through, I I don't know, 20 publishers to get the book published, (coughs) they bought it because somebody knew me. And somebody who knew me knew somebody who worked for Wiley. And the somebody who knew me, who knew somebody who worked for Wiley, told Wiley my story about going to the Himalayas, about having a divorce, being married a few times, about building businesses and letting them go, about doing an MBA, about uh, meditation in Bhutan, um, you know, volunteering in Tibet, World Trade Center. They told them my story and they loved my story. So they bought my book, Unseen. They hadn't even read it. Basically, what they were saying is, and it's not the book, it's the author. Is the author capable of delivering um, what's required to market the book, to deliver the book to market, to encourage other people, to be a personality? To, to, to... And it made me realise something really powerful, that <clears throat> it's really hard to separate the doer and the doing. It's hard to separate the teacher and the teaching. It's very hard for the world to separate and say, well, that um, boring old person who's sitting there on their thumb moaning and groaning and complaining about how life isn't fantastic could write a book about how good life can be and how sexy it could be when their life isn't sexy. And so there's a, a strange and weird authenticity that starts to play out in the world of book writing. Now... If I want to write books about sex or if I wanted to write books about um, paddling a kayak around the world and I didn't do those things and I didn't really explore the world of sexuality or if I didn't explore the world of paddling kayaks, the book would be possibly written to perfection, the book would be possibly edited to perfection, but what it would lack would be the spirit. Now, what is the human spirit? Well, it's a flavour, it's a scent. It's, it's a sort of a vibe. And when a book or anything lacks that vibe, which could be called enthusiasm or authenticity or could be called love or passion, when the author lacks that, 
even if the writing and the information in the book is absolutely word perfect, uh, the book lacks. I have a book uh, by a guy called Edmund Shaftesbury. He's one of the great teachers of my life, and I have his full library of books. It's quite astonishing that I should have them because it's very, very, very hard to get. And Edmund Shaftesbury wrote these books, and in, in the front of one of his books, and, and the book's called Future Seeing, he said you should read the book three times. The first time, read it through. The second time, read over it. And the third time, you'll start to absorb it because you'll start to get the feeling of what I intended when I wrote the book. And it's absolutely true. The third time I read the book, and it's a very, very thick encyclopedic type book, the third time I read it, I start to smell, I start to feel what the guy was all about. And he said the book itself is magnetic. And and I, I really think that the services we deliver to people, the, the thing we deliver to clients, the things that we offer as benefits to client for working with us are magnetic. And those, that magnetism comes from, uh, uh, it could be called a passion, but it's an enthusiasm for perfection. It's enthusiasm to do, a, to do something really great. And I think what the um, book industry revealed to me is no different to what was revealed to me when I finally got uh, my break and went on the world stage. I stood up and I did what would considered to be, in church language, a shit performance. I, I stood up and I, I did too many PowerPoint slides. I didn't have structure to my presentation. Goodness knows the stories I told were irrelevant. Uh, I didn't have the framework that you know we all know is important for for a keynote presentation. But I got a standing ovation, and the reason I got a standing ovation is because my heart was in it. My bloody heart was in every word I said, and it was such an ironic event because there are only six hundred people in the audience. It's quite a small audience for a professional speaker to work with, and it opened up with a poet doing beautiful poetry about Australian bush and, and, and original poetry. So I did this talk and I talked about, really what I talked about was what I knew about. And I talked about, you know, putting your heart into things and if your heart goes out, you go out. And I talked about uh, and the authenticity of a heart when you write a book or the authenticity of your heart when you do a presentation or, or putting your heart into what you do. And there is no such thing as a half-hearted success story. And that was the theme of my talk. During the talk, and this is quite fascinating, and it's not off topic, during the talk, I spoke about a guy who, uh, his name, and I can mention it over the, this podcast, but he's probably passed by now. He's a, he, he was ancient at the time, but his name was Walter Dickman. I don't know if he's still alive. A beautiful Jewish guy. I was... Um, going through a hell in a handbag, selling my business. I'd moved to Sydney. My wife was having an affair. I was really in an emotional, uh, 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 I don't know what the word is, uh, 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 sewage. And I'd rented an office in a service department up in uh, Crow's Nest in North Sydney uh, to give me some structure to the selling of the business and the maintaining of some level of integrity in the industry I was in, which was air pollution control. And I was at the coffee machine one day and I was there and I met Walter Dickman, who also had a serviced office in the building, or he was visiting someone, I can't quite remember. 
It's going back a few years. And uh, we got chatting. He was this really lovely guy, very sort of sharp-featured and bright personality. And he goes, so what are you doing? I said, well, I'm wallowing in the mire. What I really want to do is I'm going back to uni to do an MBA. I want to study behavioural science because I want to help people change because I want to change the world. I want to change the way people treat the environment and treat each other. But I've realised I can't do it by air pollution control. I have to do it by internal pollution control. I have to do it by helping people open their heart. And he goes, wow, that's really interesting. And he goes, well, guess what? He said, I'm a professional speaker. I've been a professional. And he went on to tell me he was the and it, and it turns out he was the godfather or the grandfather of professional speaking in Australia. An amazing man, had a history as long as your arm and had been and had spoken around the world to some of the best. And Walter said, well, w- would you like me to train you? And I go, shoot, where am I? I'm not, have I gone to paradise? Have I died and gone to heaven? And so what Walter did, he gave me some window slots in his one-day seminar. So one-day seminars, you speak to usually 30 to 40 people. It's one company. It's uh, quite often a team or a group of one company. And you go and you do a day workshop, and his work was about motivation. And he had a diary that he got everyone to write their goals in and do their daily affirmations in and things like that. And I got a little slot talking about um, <laughs> what was – it was a model – I think it was Maya Brig, to be honest with you. I can't remember exactly, but it was a model of human behaviour modelled up on the wall. And I had slides and presentation and jokes. And, and I did. I, I, I really screwed it up. I must have did, done 20 of them with Walter, and they were all really bad. And I knew they were bad. Walter knew they were bad. But he said to the group of people, Chris's training, would you cut him some slack so he can learn? And from Walter's beginnings my career as a professional speaker went global. And everything he taught me after every single presentation, I, I would drive out to his house way out in the boonies somewhere and, and sit at the front de- uh, veranda with a cup of tea and he would tell me what I did right and wrong. So it all began like that. So I'm standing up in Brisbane. I'm at this keynote presentation. There's four to 500 people in the room um, I'm doing the gig. The poet's been on first. I'm talking about there's no such thing as a half-hearted success story. I come to the end. I get a standing ovation. The whole audience is up on their feet and everyone's just rousing with applause. And I told this story about this guy, Walter Dickman, during the course of this presentation because it was really important to me to demonstrate that just by being an open-hearted person, just by being ourselves and being enthusiastic about what we deliver to other people, there is a brand and there is an identity and there is something that's contagious. And Walter, I got contagious. I got captured by Walter's enthusiasm and I became a speaker. Well, guess what? At the end of the presentation, all these events, there's always someone who comes up to thank the speaker. And who was it? Yeah, it was Walter Dickman. The most amazing thing. I didn't even know he was in the crowd. And he came up and he goes, you know what? I can't remember his exact words, but I, I never forget what went on. He said, I came in here today thinking my life was over. My wife has died and my career is finished. But he said, Chris, (laughs) you gave it back to me. He said, I've got a new lease of life. I realise it's not over. 
I can still speak. I can still go up there and help people. And he says, I'm going to put my heart 100% back into my work. You've saved my life. I got tears in my eyes just telling the story now. There wasn't a single person in the audience who wasn't flooded with tears because they all knew him. Uh, And what an amazing story of pay it forward. Your brand, the thing that you do is, is a mirror. It's just purely a vehicle of your enthusiasm. I just watched a documentary on Stan today and that documentary is called Mountains. Um, Defoe is the actor who dubs, who speaks, narrates the whole show and it's about why human beings love mountains so much and... It ends up with a statement, something along the lines of mountains don't care whether you love them and mountains don't want you to die on them. But mountains belittle our ego to such a degree that we realise in some way that they are a mirror of us. The mountain and the spirit of the mountain and I recommend if you've got the time and you're listening to this and you've got the time to just rent stand for a month, it's only 10 bucks, and watch that one video called Mountain with uh, Defoe. And it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's about people skiing off mountaintops, climbing Mount Everest, uh, why we get confused about mountains, why we go to... And much of the footage is taken up in the Himalayas, exactly where I go, to the area below Mount Everest, to Tengbashe Monastery, to Pangbashe, to the monastery where you'll see a very, very old monk swiggling, swiggling his uh, prayer wheel. Um, these, th- this, this is almost like the back of my hand, this territory up there. So... Today's talk, today's podcast is about your enthusiasm, about being, realising that the brand is you, it's what you bring, your process, how you handle things you don't want. It's about how you walk up a mountain. It's not going to be fine weather, fair weather the whole way up. That's just no way. The question's going to become how much do you want to get to the top? How much do you want to deliver what you deliver? How keen and how committed are you? And enthusiastic are you to put your whole heart into what you do and deliver it in a way that adds value to the buyer, to the client. Because if you deliver things uh, exactly like a mountain, if you go up a mountain and don't respect the mountain, you're going to fall. So it's, it comes with a ma- this self-development work comes with a massive respect for other people. One of the ways of delivering that respect and delivering your brand and delivering things to other people in a way that they can value is not to react to them positively or negatively. That means the mountain is the mountain and you are there and you are there to climb the mountain and you are there to walk up and and to avoid the crevasses and avoid the, the avalanches and avoid doing things that are ridiculously stupid, at the same token, not be influenced by the mountain to avoid to run away from your fears and run away from your challenges. And so in order to keep your viewpoint, to keep your perspective, to keep your aspiration and your enthusiasm, in order to keep your heart open in hell, 
you need the emotional shower. You need four columns, four columns on a sheet of paper on anything that you're about to be challenged by or any one you're about to be challenged by. And you keep doing that until the challenge evaporates, until you completely understand. You know, they say there's nothing ventured, nothing gained, but also nothing risked, nothing lost. And I think by taking the risk out of things, by doing four columns on things we're about to do, uh, whether it's in your mind, which I think is a very uh, is fraught with frailty, or whether it's on a sheet of paper, which I think is better than a short, um, what do they say? A short pencil is better than a long memory. I think by doing that, you bring yourself to the table with an open heart. And therefore, you're not reacting to the client. What you are is delivering what they ask for. Exactly what they ask for, when they ask for it, how they ask for it. So they get benefit. When they get benefit, they will, uh, they will d uh, release whatever it is you're aspiring to get from them. And if it's money, you just need to make that contract very clear. Here's what I'm doing for you for money. You're not doing it for the love of it. You're doing it for money. And the client needs to say it's worth paying for with money. And that, if that's your goal, if that's the work goal, it may not be the goal. You might want someone to release their affection. And if you want someone to release their affection, do what would make them affectionate. So our personal development gives us a mastery over the emotions and thoughts and processes of our life. So not only do we feel authentic and we feel good in life and we feel right on the inside, the eastern side of life, but on the western side, the side of manifestation and getting what we want and delivering people what, what they want so they give us what we want, um, we need to use these skills. And one of the most important, I would say, rates one of the highest is the emotional shower. There are plenty of examples on YouTube. Uh, go have a look under Chris Walker, Inner Wealth. I'm sure you'll find it there. Have a great day. Bye for now.